the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. We know we have left you listeners hanging these past two days. No podcast on Monday. No podcast on Tuesday. These past couple of uh, you know weeks in general, we've really been working on some longer-term projects at Crack Rackets. You guys have seen the Great Shot podcast, the next-gen WTA and ATP top 10 seasons of 2019. Myself, Matt Zemek, Max Rothman, all have come out in the past week. Go give those a listen. It's really fun to debate, especially numbers 7 through 10 on those lists. The top two for both sides, very obvious, but it gets more and more fun as that debate goes on. So we know you listeners will enjoy that. Go check that out. Obviously, as I mentioned, like, rate, subscribe, review, all of those on CrackedRackets.com, our website. Our guy, Parson Amati, has been all on the World Team Tennis season, interviewing you know everyone from Victoria Azarenka to Red Foo you know, of LMFAO, getting five minutes with them, talking about the fun that is the World Team Tennis season. So go check all of that out. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube, you know the deal by now. But with that being said... We're going to do a bit of a makeup podcast today. There were a lot of fascinating results over the past week, especially on the ATP side, the 500 in Hamburg, to see Alex Virov come back in his quarterfinals, then in the semifinals, come back from down a set, have match points, but ultimately lose to Nicolas Basilashvili, who goes on to get the title there. You look in Gestad. Another surprising winner, winner, Albert Ramos Vinoles, uh, who comes upsetting the two-seed Fernando Verdasco in the second round, rallies around that, knocks out Steve, a surprise finalist as well, to get his ATP title there. All of that fun to recap, and of course the ATP event in Atlanta, something I've been talking about these past you know week and a half about how fun it was to see so many great next-gen ATP players in the draw there alive and having success in the end. All four semifinalists, some sort of tie-in to the next-gen, all between the ages of you know 20 and 23. Joining me to talk about all of that today, in case you listeners have not noticed, Max Rothman on a bit of a hiatus, taking some vacation, some things have come up in his work life, so you know, my brother, my podcasting brother, out of commission, I figured this guy has annoyed me so many times over the past (laughs) year and a half, two years to come on this podcast, Uh, I was in need of a podcast partner, didn't want to do this one solo, did enough of those last week. And I figured he knows enough about tennis that he's not going to embarrass himself in this conversation. Plus, I'll take the brownie points for being a good brother. He is, I believe, a two-star recruit on TennisRecruiting.net, the number one singles player at Detroit Country Day High School, and my little brother, Nicholas Gruskin. Nicholas, welcome to the Mini Break Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm sure mom will be excited to listen to this one, to listen to it at least three or four times so you know it's good yeah and we've talked about this a lot i mean i guess what do you think in your mind has been more annoying how much i talk about tennis or how often you ask me to come on a podcast <laughs> it's 50 50 <laughs> it's pretty even and i have some other fun questions i want to ask but off of the get-go i brought up these next gen guys i'm gonna think it's fair to categorize you as a casual tennis fan is that fair yeah I, i'll watch the the majors <laughs> yeah exactly and you know djokovic and it all fetter but you can recognize tennis talent and i guess now having watched the semifinals and finals which are the matches we're going to discuss today from atlanta what did you think about the level of play from these next gen guys it's pretty good i thought it was pretty high you know i thought uh nori i really like his game Diminar is good fritz so i, I thought it was pretty high overall in terms of those guys versus the right i guess was it a high enough level of tennis that you're going to come out of your hibernation and watch more tennis with me? Uh, I don't know about that. I wouldn't <laughs> go that far, but... Yeah, 
yeah, well then with that in mind, let's get into some of the matches. As I mentioned, I really want to recap the Atlanta semifinals because we had so many great next-gen players uh, in that group. Let's start with what, in my opinion, was, even though the scoreline a little bit more lopsided, the far more interesting tennis matchup of the two. That, of course, Cam Norrie coming into this, taking on number two seed Taylor Fritz. Taylor Fritz ends up getting the win 6-1-3-6-6-3 to our listeners unfamiliar. First of all, the coolest part of the semifinals, three of the four semifinalists, former guests on the Cracked Interviews podcast. So listeners, go get that. There's a little plug for you. But in this one in particular... I mean, just how lopsided it felt like the level of play was. Starting out with that first set, it felt like Cam Norrie couldn't do anything to hurt oh, Fritz. Oh, for sure. I think through even the first and then the third, it was like Norrie, when his forehand was misfiring, Fritz just stayed solid, played his game, hit heavy forehands, heavy big serve, and Norrie just kind of misfired in the second. It was great because Norrie finally hit it well. We saw some good points, and he was able to take that set. But no, I think that Fritz was just a more solid player overall. You're a lefty. so you I can. Am. I like his game. Yeah, I like so, Nori's game. So what do you think? Because Cam Nori, it feels like it's more of a slice-based serve, right? Yeah. And so I thought in that second set in particular, because Fritz, like you, like me, not a good athlete. Yeah. And so, and so the way Cam Nori opened up, particularly on the ad side, felt like everything was slice out wide and then oh. setting up that first forehand oh. down the line. For, and, for sure. And it seems like, though... Because, as I mentioned, Fritz, not the best athlete. Nori was finding time for himself, but he kind of, he just sprayed a little too much. Yeah, I mean, you know, Michigan commit Cam Nori. Again, (laughs) gets brownie points for me, but I felt like when he was playing well, he was able to dictate. Especially, you said, I wish he hit his serve a little bigger, but it was smart. I mean, he hit it smart out wide. Fritz's backhand kept it low. He used the slice a little bit, which was smart. I just felt like if he could have stayed a little more solid throughout the first and third, I really thought he could take that match. You mentioned that second serve in particular. You look at the stats from this one. Nori goes 13 of 27 on second right. serve points. So yeah, when he was when Fritz was able to jump on him, play aggressive right. tennis, be the aggressor, that's often when he had success. Now you look for Fritz serving stats. 15 aces, 3 double faults, only makes 57% of his first serves, but wins 77% of those points, 57% of his second serve points. I mean... I think it's fair to say Taylor Fritz, even though he's only, what, I think he's 21, turns 22 years old this year, when he plays his best tennis, especially when it's not against, you know, a Federer, Djokovic, or Nadal, the ball, you know, the match is on his racket. He was the one dictating, and even though Nori had that stretch, as you mentioned, in the second set, when he could dictate, it felt like more often than not, Fritz was the one finding himself as the aggressor. No, I completely agree. I thought... Even his finals against Demar, which we'll like talk about, and his quarters, when you just look at it, aesthetically, he, his strokes are so nice. His forehand, he's a tall dude, not a great athlete, but he really connects on his Live forehand. Wide shoulder. It's yeah, like one he's, of those, he's, he's just blessed. You're blessed with that. Not everyone has that. He just gets so much natural racket speed. So I feel like, just talent-wise, he, he really pops well, off. Well, that's why, and just to finish this conversation on Nori, I, to your point about him not being solid enough, I agree with you. It seems like someone, because he doesn't have the biggest ground strokes, right? His no. backhand, what do you think about his backhand? I'm actually it's curious. flat. Because, I, you know, I'll compliment you a lot. You know I'm a big fan of your game. <laughs> but your backhand is probably the feature of yeah, your game. And as a lefty, 
I feel like you spend your whole life getting picked on on that side, playing to a righty's forehand that, no. you know, it goes one of two ways. I, I actually, I thought this matchup for Nori wasn't bad. I agree. Fritz. I think it's a good matchup for him. I think being a lefty, he's really able to go, when his forehand's on, to Fritz's backhand. I think he can win that most of the Especially time. Especially moving Fritz to the outer thirds, right? It's right. two crosses exactly. to the backhand, and then you have all of that forehand. Exactly. I know he likes to hit his backhand flat, which I do too, <laughs> which is not good, but, but I think he... He really could take advantage of that. Well, that's what I... No, I agree. I thought... And this is like a very little thing, but when Nori was able to get Fritz stretched on... So initially, like you're right, he would open it up to the backhand side, but when he forced Fritz to hit forehands on On the run, that's when Fritz would spray everywhere. And so it helps for Taylor Fritz, again, that he's able to dictate, But and we'll transition to our next match here. Something I thought he struggled not only in his final against Alex Dimenauer, but also against Cam Nori, and again... I wanted to use you as a litmus test here because you've watched enough of these guys to have yeah, seen them, but you're sure. not biased in any way. For sure. Not a good volley or Taylor Fritz, right? Like, Nori, you can see the college aspect. Yeah. Fritz just, he like, he's like, I think I should come in here. Yeah. But it's like, oh, no. He doesn't he, seem as comfortable like in that. You made the pass? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, now <laughs> like if you give him a high one, he, he'll, like, put it away. But I think, if, like, Dimonard did this really well. Just stay in the point. Be aggressive and get it low to him, and he's not as comfortable finishing. Oh, I completely agree with you, and that's why you know for both of these guys, a huge result. You know, Cam Nori defends semifinal points from last year. You look at him in the ranking right now, and he's still I think twenty three, twenty four years old. But at, in the live rankings, I know he's in the top fifty. In fact, with this result, semifinal, he has cracked the top fifty. My tab is not cooperating, so I will give you a final ranking. But just in general, from him. I feel like with this being a long summer hardcourt season, he's going to get into probably every event he enters. He's a guy, if he made, I don't know, fourth, the draw would have to break right, but third, fourth round of the U.S. Open, would you be shocked? Yeah, I would. I just think that his serve isn't big enough. Not enough weapons. He just doesn't have enough weapons. Like, when his forehand was clicking, it was nice. I just don't think he has enough weapons to... To really make one of those runs. Sure, he's a guy who, I think it's fair to say, does everything pretty well. Yeah. But doesn't do anything stealthy. He just needs something. He needs he needs a weapon to go to. And he, look, he's up to number 58 right good now in him. singles ranking. Yeah, a, yeah, a good ranking. Another one of those college guys. Good for him. Comes in from that. You can see more and more of a refined product physically. I didn't think he moved poorly. I thought he no, moved fine he against fine. Fritz. But Fritz's weapons hold up as well as anyone. But speaking of weapons, I think that's a perfect way to segue into our next match. Oh, I get a little chuckle from you. See, I've done a lot of this. (laughs) Not bad. What do you think I'm doing in the basement? I'm just sitting there like, oh, I'm watching tennis, I'm on the bike, or I'm doing this. Talking to Tim Tim Blinkion of the Vegas Rollers, or, you know, someone random, Jonathan Kelly. Um, But, so again, getting to this transition to the next match, Riley Opelka versus Alex Dimenauer for Opelka. Probably the most impressive run in Atlanta to that point. You look at his path to the semifinals. Knocked out number one seed John Isner, 766 first round. Three tiebreakers there. His third win against Isner on this season. He just seems to have his number right now in those tiebreaks. Quarterfinal match. He plays Dan Evans, a guy who had, you know, objectively, I think it was two challenger titles in an ATP final. The best, second best, third best grass court season of any player on the ATP. Opelka knocks him out six and five, so another tiebreaker. 
versus Alex Dimenauer, who really good start to his 2019 season, faced injuries along the way, kind of wanted to come back sooner than his coaches did. You saw that in the his the lack of confidence in his game early on, but has really seemed to find his form now. He beats Bradley Klon, 4-4, then fellow Australian Bernard Tomic, 6-2-3-0, retirement to set up this semifinal. And in the end, Alex Dimenauer, a 7-6-6-7-6-3 winner now. Before we even talk about the result, I think the biggest thing you have to take away from these two players, Riley Opelka, I, I think a year older than D- Dimenauer, he's uh, Opelka 21, Dimenauer 20, both guys in that top 50 making their push for ascendance to try and get that top 25, top 20 sticking power. And yet, you know, for guys with equal levels of experience, I think they both have one ATP title. The discrepancies in body language between oh, yeah. these two. You're watching two completely different thing. players. So I would say for Opelka, I know, I mean, obviously the serve stands out, but he moves pretty well for a guy that size. So the upside, I think, is there. His forehand's a little janky. It's huge. Everything's it's off big. the back foot. Yeah, he just hits it off the back. He doesn't really hit it that clean. In fairness, so you just grew. You're like six seven. I, I do the same thing. But <laughs> yeah, my no, forehand's not It's great. hard and like... Being seven foot, you're playing Alex Dimenauer, sure. who hits the ball so flat. How tall too? is Dimenauer? Do you know? Six foot. I know. Really? He looks he tiny. He looks tiny. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, Dimenauer's tough, though. When you watch him, Opelka, one of the things is, like, in the second set, Breaker, he's talking to himself. He ended up winning the set, but it was just so weird. Well, we thought he was going to lose it. Right? I thought he was losing, Because he gave sure. the mini break back. Yeah, and he, then. he wasn't, I mean, I just think, like... Just even in the play styles, Dimonar is so tough. He gets to every ball. He runs everything down. I just think he was a little too much for Opelka. So let's talk about why Dimonar was a bad. You talked about matchups for Nori. That's a bad. I agree. Nori, great matchup yeah. against Fritz. Maybe not quite good enough of an athlete to withstand yeah. the Fritz firepower. But for Dimonar, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. He's like, if you're Riley Opelka, Alex Dimonar is the worst player for yeah. you to play in this scenario. And yeah. He hits the ball low, flat. Yeah. He's tracking everything down. He was taking returns inside yeah. the baseline, he, taking time away. For sure. And it was just, I mean, it was incredible to see. And I think that was, you know, getting back to the body language, that was the biggest thing is Alex Dimenauer, you know, he knew I just got to keep making cracks. Yeah. Every little crack I can for make sure. in the big man, eventually he will break. And for Opelka, I guess let's focus on the positives first. Again, you haven't seen that much of Riley. Seven feet you mentioned, I and I think... A lot of people who talk about this sort of thing, we talked about it in our next-gen preview. So, again, GSP, top 20, 10 seasons, 2019. You can hear even more about Opelka. But the physical tools, I think his backhand, it's, it's like It's, like it's good, really good. Right? Like yeah, he can hit it really well. I was surprised. For a guy his size, he really cracks his backhand. I also like his backhand return way more than his forehand because it's compact, right? No, I feel like I don't get why he... Couldn't be better than Isner. Yeah. Just like looking at him, I, did, I know he, his serve's huge, and I feel like he moves better than Isner. I would like to see a little more net game for him. I feel like that could be better. That's the dirty secret, right? Is Dimenauer gave him a bunch of chance. I mean, that's what he does. Yeah, Dimenauer kept making uh, passing shots, and Opelka couldn't put the volley away. Now, yeah. I think Riley, and again, we've talked about this, has gotten more and more comfortable at the net over time. But yeah, I agree with you. That's still the thing that's missing when Dimenauer, and Dimenauer hits some outstanding passes on does. the run. Yeah, in this match, he had a chance. But for, for Opelka, and here's something I want to turn to the big thing for Alex Dimenauer. 
I think coming into this match, he had lost like something like six points on his first serve in yeah. the entire tournament, something crazy. You look at this match, he, he only makes 51% of his first serves, but he wins 96% of those points, 45 of 47, 59% of his serve, second serve points, 27 of 46, something we'll get into in the Fritz match as well. He did not get broken in this entire in, yeah. you know entire tournament, and that's obviously incredible. Um, but my question to you, I think he lost, what, eight? total first serve points throughout the tournament in the end was his success on the serve in your opinion because you just watched two matches in a row a product of him hitting good first serves hitting good serve plus ones or did you think Opelka was just not a good right so it was weird because when I was watching it I saw those stats I think in the first set against uh, Fritz in the finals he didn't lose a point on his first serve but the the thing is like I, his serve didn't really stand out it's, to me. It's low and f- it's I know, again everything I, is flat. I just I don't know. I feel like his his game from the back, his groundies are really solid. He's not going to make unforced errors. You have to earn every single point. But it was funny. I I didn't think his serve was as commanding as like the stats would make. He hits his spots well, right? He'll get yeah, you he stretch with slice. I don't think he has a kick really, but no. he'll go. He went into Opelka's body every time. It's just surprising because he looks so like small know, on TV. Especially, but here's the thing: I would give him credit for his his. This is so cliche, but his cat-like reflexes, the way he literally jumps around that return, yeah, no. he's hitting a forehand, and yeah, he's yeah. hitting a surface so one, fast. and he bludgeons it. He, he blasts it. His strokes are flat, though. He, like, he's, a, he's a huge slap. You know Harry Potter, like, Quidditch, the term the bludgers, the guy who hit the, <laughs> uh, not like the quaffle, but the beaters. Sorry, yeah. the beaters. Yeah, he's literally a beater. Yeah. He just goes after the tennis ball, but yeah. it works. Yeah, I don't know how it works. He takes time His game away. is, like, not... Like, it's ugly, kind of. It's a little ugly. But in terms of athletes, no, I mean, you don't want to say top 10, but... It's like team. He lo- quickness. Yeah. Team is a little more powerful. Yeah, he's a little more powerful, but just the way he's, he's so fast, so, he's always on his toes. Yeah, it's it's just... It's, it's a, a Nishikori-like quickness yeah, in terms sure. of they're on top of the ball before you even realize it. A combination yeah. of anticipation and quickness. I agree. It's what makes him really special. And he never gives up, ever. Never. There is never a ball that he gives up on. He, he does fakes, you know, if you don't look at him when you're taking an approach. Because he lets people come to the net a lot. He, he loves to pass. But just, like, he's really sneaky. It's also really hard when you're playing Riley Opelka. Riley's yeah. coming in. Yeah. And, like, to Dimonauer's credit, I agree with you. He weathered the storm. He yeah, tried he to play aggressive when he could. And that kind of leads me, I guess, where we'll end things. We talked about the attitude to end. Yes, Dimonauer fights. All of that's true. And that contributes to Riley's state of mind. But Riley lost it in the end of the Yeah, third. he lost. I mean, I feel like when you play Dimonauer, it's your match. Because he's not going to... He serves fine. And he gets to a lot of balls. But he, he doesn't have a lot of, like, big weapons that you really have to be afraid also, of. Also, when you're Riley Opelka... You, you're seven foot. It's your hit match. Hit bombs. Hit a kick serve over him. You've hit, I think he was four for or four for five in tiebreakers it's coming into match. the round. Yeah, and for Opelka, look, he was successful. He goes, I believe, uh, makes... Uh, wins 76% of his first serve, 53% of his second serve, saves seven of the nine break points he faces. But against Alex Dimenauer, a top 30 player, a guy who's going to make all those balls, you cannot make only 57% yeah. of your first serve. You have to be better than that. And I think uh, it goes back to what you were saying about his demeanor. He's just, like in the tiebreaker, the second set tiebreaker, I, we were both so shocked that he won that. It's, He's mumbling to himself. Woe is me. Yeah, he's, woe is me. Why am I out here? Yeah, this guy's incredible. Hitting yeah. the best server ever. And like the thing is, when you when you play Dimonauer, you can't take points off like that. You can't spray a, an approach because that's exactly what he needs. That's what he wants. So yeah. 
I just feel like he lost that match. And in that first game when he got broken, I believe it was they played a long game the game before, and yeah, he just kind of fell apart yeah. after that. So I completely agree with you. But look, we talked about Alex Dimenauer staying power. Uh, let's transition to the final because in the final he matched up against a guy in Taylor Fritz who won a ter- his first ATP tournament the week before Wimbledon. You know, does decent at the Wimbledon as well. But in this tournament, you look at his matchup. You know, he hadn't, or he dropped the one set to Nori in the final, but he beat Kevin King, Miomir Kesmanovic, Cam Nori, all fairly comfortably. And yet, you look at this match for Alex Dimenauer, and it was more of the same from him on the serve. And I, I mean, even if you if you want to say beforehand, look, Bernard Tomic, he's going to tank. Not the best. He's got to accumulate stats on. Bradley Klein, slice backhand most of the time. If that's where you're serving to, you know what to expect in terms of the rhythm on that from your first serve. Riley Opelka, seven feet, going to blast returns, try and end points early. But then it continues into this match. Yeah, and Taylor I, Fritz is a really good returner. Yeah. What did you see that let Dimenauer have that success? Well, first of all, let me just say, Nike, you got to do better. Fritz <laughs> wore the same outfit all three matches. Even in his quarters, he wore the same outfit as the guy who was playing. Kasmanovic? Kasmanovic, yeah, yeah. What do you think of the gold trim, though? It was not... Like, I didn't mind the outfit itself. But you have to be so good. I know. He's not good enough, <laughs> he's not good enough to wear that. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but I just... Yeah, that made me upset. Anyway... To answer your question, I don't really know. I, I again, like, watching, Fritz was in most of the points. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think he had that many aces, unless I'm mistaken. I just I just feel like Dimonar is just a sneaky, good player. He just put so much pressure so on So much you. pressure on you. And Fritz, like, towards the end, especially, like, the end of the second, once he got broken, it was over. Yeah, and, and there were some characteristics we talked about, um... In the Opelka match, Dimenauer taking returns early, but I think it was even more pronounced in this match. You look at the second serve points for Fritz, he goes 8 of 25 on them for a 32% rating. I mean, Dimenauer jumps on those balls. He's going to take them early because he's fine taking a heavy spin serve early. He's going to absorb your pace, and with his contact point, I don't like to say, I, you know, I could never do it at that level, but the concept of doing that makes sense to me. Yeah. I can see physically how he's able to do it. And it's just, when you're playing guys like Riley Opelka, Taylor Fritz, who their first steps aren't as quick, you know, if you can get them stretched, you're yeah. going to create openings for yourself. And Dimenauer, you know, it's even it's so funny to me because even though, I guess I can see the shape of the ball more on the forehand, but the fact that he can ever hit a backhand cross court. I don't know. Or like backhand it's a straight line. Angle, yeah, I'm just like, it's a straight that line. doesn't make sense yeah, to me. It is a I don't, straight line. Yeah, like you sure. are really gifted, but... It speaks to the fact, uh, the word that keeps coming, it's just so relentless, point after yeah. point after point. And for Taylor Fritz, it was just difficult for him to keep coming up with, you know, the big forehands down the line yeah, for when sure. Dimenauer had and he hit stretch. some. Yeah. He hit some. I, the thing I saw was, again, Fritz, he did this against Nori, too. A, just big, du- he, like, he double faulted to get broken. He did it in both matches. He's got serving hubris. There's yeah. no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, I don't know, it's just like small errors like that. He threw his racket afterwards. Again, it's a big racket bounce. Yeah, he bounced it. So he did that twice. He doubled and bounced it twice <laughs> to get broken. I kind of like it, not going to lie. But the thing is, when you're playing Dimonar, and he, he does that to people. He just breaks you down. He just keeps going until you're either going to win the match and it's good for you 
or you're going to break down. And that's why I think last year was Dibbenauer had his breakout. I think he lost third round in a stunning match with Marin Cilic. I think it was five right. sets. And you look at both of these guys, but let's start with Dibbenauer, a guy who well-rested on the year because he had the break with injury. 20 years old, so either way, end of the season, like you're him. young, you're physically fit. It's the hard court, which is clearly going to be his best surface just yeah. because of the way he can control a point with his movement. I'll say the same. Now that you saw him win the title, and again, there were no, not even a Roberto Bautista goot in this tournament, I guess, really, with Fritz being the two seed and Opelka eliminating Isner early. A lot of young players in this draw, but for Alex Dimenauer, it feels like no matter the opponent, given how much pressure he's going to put on you, same question as Nori. Third or fourth round out of him. So for him, I think it's a little more realistic. I think he's just so good from the baseline that I feel like if you don't play good tennis, he's going to beat you. doesn't matter who you are. If you Especially you, three out of five. Yeah, three out of five. He just keeps that up. You would be death. Yeah. You, you wouldn't leave the couch I, two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> he's the worst matchup for my... I, he would beat me in... I mean, obviously, he'd beat me two in like weeks, five minutes, but two like... Two weeks locked out. Yeah, I wouldn't move for weeks. Nest. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I really like him. I think if he can just develop like... A weapon. A weapon. One he weapon. needs one. Just one thing that he can, like, if you give him, like, a neutral ball that he can go out and crack. Because I think that's what he's missing from being, like, a top 20 yeah, type player. I would player. say for his size, he's six foot but skinny. Sneaky power. Yeah. Makes really yeah, yeah. good contact. Really flat. And his weapon is that he takes balls early. Right? Yeah, it's that the is timing, the pace. Sure. He just That is the rate of play, the style of construction of for point. Sure. That's his weapon. Yeah. But I agree with you. This run of first serve success is crazy, and I guess that means maybe his first serve is turned into a weapon. It. And yeah, exactly, I don't exactly. Buy it. That would be huge for him if that sort of thing uh, lasts. But that is the one thing you would like to see from him to make that jump into Grand Slam contender. Yeah. Because Zverev, a CT pass, even an FAA, I feel like you can see the weapon. You're like, I get how this guy is going to win yeah. lots of easy points. So, fun little two part question for you on Dimenauer, real quick. Compare him to fellow young Australian Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> Two-part question. Who's ranked higher in five years? And again, this is... Yeah, yeah. What did you say? How does Joe Rogan do it? This is a burner topic or whatever. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, okay. Well, putting Put you on, on the spot. spot yeah. yeah. Who's ranked higher in five years? And who has more slam titles? So that's interesting. I think that Dimonar is going to be ranked higher, but... I think Kyrgios is going to have more titles because... Or they could both have zero. They, they, <laughs> might, they might both have zero. That's probably the most true. likely. But scenario. I just feel like it's really tough for Dimonar. His style of play, to get into like a second weekend and get in like a course, it's, he, there's no way he can sustain that yes. unless he gets a weapon. Or gets as fit as a Murray or, or, or a prime yeah. Djokovic his coach. I just think he's a little small, and the way he plays, that's grueling. That's you so can't flat, keep that up, especially against the best people like... They're going to push him five. Yeah, and we saw with Chilich, and again, that was really early in his career, but he got hit off the court. And, yeah. like, Fritz didn't, wasn't able to do it here. A few too many errors, but the top people things, can. you can see how things would eventually come easier for Fritz than it would a Dimonauer. For sure. So if the question was Fritz Dimonauer, again, I, I think that Fritz's upside is a little higher than his, but I, I just, I don't know. You know, when we did our tiers in the rankings, I said the same. I think I actually had them equally. I just think Dimonauer... He's a, you know, the I think baseball so. or the NBA, yeah. but in the draft, he's a plus-plus. Yeah, I think if you're going to bet on one, though, to get, like, top 25, I feel like Dimonar is just going to keep rising. I just feel like as he keeps, unless he gets, unless, like, the injuries, again, it makes sense that he would get injured just because of the way he plays, but 
I, I really think that he he could he, he's just so relentless and he's never gonna have like I don't think he's gonna go on a streak where he loses well, barring injury barring right? injury Someone that right. little right that's what so I that's the problem with. that that's definitely the concern but in terms of the tennis he's not gonna tank tournaments you exactly. won't see him losing like he's just too mentally tough if only you could see him get overpowered that's, that's the only way you have to you don't want to say you have to tree to beat him because that's too much to say but you have to hit you him have to be, yeah. you can and it's hard but you have I, to do it and the reason i think he's gonna be maybe the, the top ranked is because i don't think there's a lot of people on the tour who can do it yeah. consistently i agree well then let's end uh the atlanta conversation with fritz even though he was the finalist here for taylor We've seen this jump from him now, wins a tournament on grass, Wimbledon, now he comes to Atlanta, makes a final here, but holds seed as the number two seed, really well positioned for this summer stretch uh, for Cincinnati and Mont- or and the uh, Canada Masters. He's going to get into both, probably will be seeded at this year's U.S. Open. That's crazy. Um, again, the weapons, the fact that it feels like it, the hardcore in his serve, he's able to produce so many free points. Third or fourth round. That seems to be the barometer. I would love to say second week for him, but I'm not quite sure he's there. I, Is that fair? I just feel like there's something missing. Athleticism. Involved. Yeah, yeah. It's like you. As a non-athlete, yeah. I can I guess, sympathize with him. I don't know. I feel like he's just, his forehand's so smooth. Mm-hmm. And so is his serve. And backhand, yeah. honestly. Like, I, could, evolved, I guess man. I could see him like getting to a third round, but I just like... It's I don't a lot buy draw it. dependent, I don't, too. Yeah. I, I also know. feel like he's the type of guy who, like, he's fine blasting away with people. He's like, oh, yeah. you're also a big hitter? Yeah, nice. that's Like, true. this is going to be fun for me. I just A, a I, guy like Dimonauer, a nightmare for him. Yeah, that's, that's Taking a bad matchup. Early that's a bad matchup again. Sure. So, it uh, will be interesting to see him move on. Okay, a couple other things I want to do before we wrap up. Real quick, just to recap Gastada, as I mentioned, Ramos Vanola is a 3-2 and two winner over Steve. Steve knocks out Sosa. Ramos Vanolas knocks out Andahar in the semifinals at the 500 in Hamburg. Andre Rublev comes back, coming back from injury, knocks out Dominic Team in the quarterfinals, six and six. Knocks out Carreno Busta, four six seven five six one. I should also say second round and first round impressive wins over Christian Guerin and Casper Ruud on the clay court. You look in the final, then he runs up against a hot Nicolas Vashlisvili, who, as I mentioned, six four four six seven six one over Zverev in the semifinals. He knocks off Rublev seven five four six six three to get a title on the clay. Rublev, Zverev, other next gen guys, big weapons, guys to be confident about. All of that you can talk about uh, and hear more about in our GSP next gen. But that being said, final topics for you, Nick. Okay. Again, these are off the cuff. I'm catching you <laughs> yeah. on fire. A topic Max Rothman and I talked about. If they were to do, say, for World Team Tennis or just at these next-gen events, a combine for tennis players, <laughs> what are the events you'd like to see? And here's why I bring this up because I was thinking, you know, I yeah, like yeah. to think about things, and then I often share them with you or Dad or Mom <laughs> or usually Dad because I like to <laughs> yell at Dad. Um, but um, that being said, so it wouldn't exactly like the bench press. I don't want to see. I don't want to see that. Taylor either. Fritz bench pressing. <laughs> me, I can see Diminar putting up his twenty. I just be like, oh, twenty of one thirty-five. Yeah, Are you serious? Course. That's what I'm always exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fritz. No, I'd be like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Or like, but so here are the ones: forty-yard dash, applicable. Yeah, yeah. So we keep. Yeah, we keep it. Uh, not high jump, but vertical. Yeah. Keep. 
I guess. explosiveness over like the shuttle drills and flags into shuttles for sure. That's like all the, yeah. the movement ones. The movement ones, the shuttles. The I would love to see them do like the wide receiver drills. No, though. so the equivalent of that is like fastest serve, right? Like yeah. that's a must. Yeah, like, yeah for so sure. So you throw in fastest serve. How do you measure touch? Like drop shot? Like, do you do like a drop volley? <laughs> I don't know. That would be interesting. A tweener comp? No, no tweener. No, comp. no tweeners. What hand size? I need to know what racket grip you use. It's funny. But I'm trying to think what other ones. The serve is good. We gotta think of something to measure reflexes. Oh, you know, like the laser ball where it's like boom. Oh, they do that. Boom, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. doing That'd the be motion funny. behind the motion. You like grab the laser. Yeah, like the quick reactions. Yeah. Ping pong? Maybe that that could be interesting. <laughs> A little ping pong competition. I would just love to. I'd love to see like which one of them are like actual athletes who can like throw and catch. You know, like, yeah. imagine that. But I'm trying to think tennis. tennis how wise, high is your, how precise how is your, your toss? Your ball toss, you three in a row. There's got to be something goes. doubles after. Um, yeah. As well. I'm trying to think hmm. what other ones are good. I know, what other stupid tennis things have I don't done? know. Cone drills. Yeah, I'm sure. Do you laser? Know. Oh, what did you do? The, oh, the target challenge. Did you see the video? So, Kini Shikori recently has a video. There's, like, 20 I targets. Saw it. And it's, like, box, yeah, yeah. box, he box, hit box. Him. I'm down for that. That'd be Add cool. Add that yeah. in. That would yeah, be cool. Yeah, put the targets well. up for serve, see who hits them first. Stuff yeah. like that. But my question is, so that or the UFC? So you could watch <laughs> that with me on the laptop at home or a UFC fight at B-dubs with the boys. <laughs> Which are you choosing? Uh, you know you know, I love my B-dubs, <laughs> so I, I think I have to go with that. Although I would love to watch, again, Diminar on the bench it would just be so entertaining. I agree. All right. Another thing, world team tennis. Thoughts on the team tennis format versus individual tennis? So I know you, you explained to me like a little. I don't know that much about it. It seems fun, though. It, it seems fun. really fun. I feel like for tennis, it's good. The team atmosphere, I feel like that's something that's missing. Labor Cup, everyone's a fan. Yeah, team everyone loves the team. Everyone loves the team. They have some big names in it, right? In the, the team tennis thing? Yeah, a lot of big names. I think, you know, I was watching that, obviously, but throughout... Isner, Stevie, Marty Fish has been playing, Sloan Stevens, right. playing Madison Keys, Flipkins, Abby Spears, on and on. I, I could really go. Taylor Townsend's been killing it for the Philly Freedom. <laughs> Winnie Osigwe for Orlando. Again, so many great young American names. Evan King, a Michigan guy yeah, for us, uh, someone we love, Go Blue. Uh, just, yes, World Team Tennis, a great product, so I'm glad that it appeals to you. I, I like it. I feel like they need to advertise it more because I know I've I, like, never heard of it. I feel like only the hardcore like yes. tennis fans like you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's interesting. I Like the Brian Brothers trade, that's yeah. hilarious. I know, for their first round For a first? Pick. I know, like, it's like crazy. What would you put the value? Like, like, what, what's the value of a first round first, pick? If you're like the, the Orlando Rollers, so they have the number one pick next year, and I believe Coco Golf will definitely play next year. Oh, okay. If that's you're... Fine. Or no, no, sorry. If you're Orlando and you need that number one pick because your team's not that good this year, yeah. how many futures firsts do you give up to have the right to her over the next twenty years? Yeah, I, I, like 15. how does how does that work? I, I don't know. You got to give up a lot. The yeah. so new. No, it's so new. That's <laughs> it's awesome though. I think it's really fun. I'd say three. Yeah, give you up, give up three. Firsts. What if? You know, you ruined mean, your future. You're like Coco Golf. It's a former world. But junior. I don't know, like, because if she plays how many, ever, you how have many her. like. Draft, like, how many picks are there in the draft? I think it's two, three rounds. 
But like yes. the training for the Bryan brothers at this point doubles his. That's a, so that's a bad trade. Yeah. So you want the Laura, right? Is the, <laughs> the way again? I made this analogy today. Laura Ukrostez, our brother's girlfriend, uh, someone who played uh, club tennis with me, and was the, one of the keys to our championship. Yes. I don't want to sell anyone the short. Key. Yeah. Well, Carrie Who was also uh, the yeah. key. Baller. Don't want to disrespect Baller. Carrie. I find disrespecting Rothman and like Kaushik, but like <laughs> Carrie and Laura were equal. Yeah, they were both yeah, they're hugely huge. and this is the part where people check out. But my point being in the team tennis format to have Laura be able to come in and it's like okay we're winning girls doubles yeah, yeah. And, and we're mixed. winning mixed like yeah, if we yeah, need to sure. it's like okay if we're not up by enough and mixed we don't need to I work I feel like it's the same strategy for at least your club That's like, why Taylor the, the girls were like the key factor like if, if you have the best girl on the court you're probably gonna win yeah cause guys are all the same yeah the, 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 the level for the guys like the difference was way less I yeah. feel like everyone has a big serve can put away overheads but especially because sets are so short and yeah, no yeah. ad, it's like, yeah, if you're a big server singles, you're going to get a lot of, do, you know, you're going to sure. hold serve. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's like, you know, you had Laura beating other girls like 6-1. Yeah. It's like in team tennis, that's a very that's why Taylor deficit. Townsend for the freedoms has been so valuable. She comes in, wins her singles, right, wins her doubles. Yeah, win, 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 win. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Last two questions, I promise, because we're around the 40-minute mark and trying to keep it short because yeah, yeah. it's a bonus episode. And again... Uh, Jamie Matt doing their other episode as well, so be on the lookout for that. But you, senior year, Country Day <laughs> High School Tennis, you come from a family of Country Day High School Tennis yes, players sir. that care about the program a little bit, to yeah. say the least. What's it going to take for your team to get the win? <laughs> this is for the three people who care about Country Day High School Tennis. But what can you as a leader do to help your team win? This is if my mom's listening. Yeah, say, I was going to say, mama... She's willing to listen to her advice. Yeah, I guess that's good. You know, get me on the track. <laughs> you know, but that's only dire measures for me. Yeah, um, no, three I think, years too late. Yeah, for real. I think our team's gonna be good. It's just you know, just a couple matches. It's really all it takes. Just having the mindset that we're the best. You know, I just wanted to compare you to other college tennis players or other kids I've done and. You could fool me. I think you might have gone to college. But <laughs> there are some others who are I'm biased, but who fell short of that. So I like that answer. Um, all right. A couple of other fun ones. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> Let's go here. No, because those are... All right. No, that's too selfish. We'll just end with this one. Okay. Better tennis player, me or you? No, no, no. no. We'll start here. <laughs> Rank the three brothers on tennis talent and tennis results. Okay. Well, tennis talent... I feel like I'm the most talented. <laughs> no, let's you go worked way one. harder. Let's go okay. from three to one. Okay. Let's throw him under the bus. Eric, <laughs> I'm sorry. The booty. You're living life in Miami. The, the backhand is never there. He was the trailblazer, but like, yeah. yeah he, I, it's funny because I think back now and I'm like, wow, he was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eric, I don't know. The fear hand. I don't know. His forehand's fun. When but. you change your serve to go, I need to be more like Gael and be like, actually, I'm he's more like so Rodney. funny. Yeah, he's, he's the best. He's so funny. The racket change to the Babylon. He's hitting heavy forehands now. It's funny. <laughs> so number three in terms of talent. Right, Eric. Good career, though. Better high Good school. Career. See, he two might three doubles titles, you, one, so two and three doubles. Put his high school resume versus, versus mine. I think he's better. one team title, but that one team title, we were really good my freshman year. And him and Kyle won at States, but I'd rather, yeah, I'd I'd rather have done what you did, which is... I don't know. Finals. Limit, limit, doing finals what I've done. as a freshman, semis of one as a and sophomore, finals, yeah. and a match you if you hit overheads. Uh, overheads, overheads, overheads. I had that one. So, yeah, but I'd probably take your career because, like, your team, no disrespect to your teams, but ours were a little bit better. Yeah. Um, All right. So, Eric's number three. 
established. Yes. Now, in terms of talent, talent, I think yeah. you too. Well, it's just because you have a shoulder. It's like my shoulders. <laughs> I'm well. I have dad's explosiveness. <laughs> uh, it's like it's horrible. I like. I am the like, one. I can't move. We're I'm only about good movement. in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I don't know. But you... Yeah, I got every... Your resume is... funny because who was I talking to? Oh, I was talking to Ed. And I go... um, Or maybe it wasn't Ed. No, I was talking to Blake. And I was like, yeah, like, if I worked, like, even harder... Oh, I was... uh, Because we asked him when we were hitting. I was like, if I would have started with Armand at a younger age, would I be better? Blake makes the funny guy. He goes, "Ah, I think you got everything out of it. You got everything out of it. And I, like, don't And you got better. You kept getting better. It's hard to do. If I wasn't fat when I was, like, 8, 9, 10, I could have been a little bit better. Yeah, but I think that helped you, like... Yeah, I liked it more. You were... No, but you also took pride in, like, you're getting to that ball. Yeah, Like, and I think that... I don't know. That's true. Yeah, I just sit on the couch. I don't know. I'll agree with you on talent. Career-wise... Your resume is So here's the, the thing. Best. Here's what it comes down to. How much does you a club... Value tennis, the title. No, no, no. How much does a club tennis national title really matter? And, like, the 39 stuff, that's really cool. That's something else. Hopefully yeah. you guys have... We're not going to judge high school. I'm not going to get into that because yeah. no one cares. They probably stopped listening at this yeah, point. Uh, but if Come you're on. still listening... the So the national title is really cool, although... And even though we went undefeated senior year, we effed up in the final. And I, I don't win without Laura and Carrie. Your quarterfinal run to the Midwest close 16 yeah, that doubles. That might be the best individual Gruskin run of Look, tennis because you played, who was it, Cooksey and Cooksey Hill? and Alan Mateus. That was the best Look, I've ever seen you play. That was crazy. You know Cooksey's like six in the nation yeah, right now? He could win Kalamazoo next week. I always say I beat him. I don't mention it was in doubles. Well, you, you know? played him in singles too. In the, wasn't <laughs> well, it, was it one and oh? One and one. The best one and one. The best? One one. Okay. Like, a, we're talking at least 13 I had deuces. so many break points. Thir- 13 deuces. I mean, look, he's a, he's a beast. He's yeah, amazing. He's, he's so machine. good. His forehand is huge, and he moves amazingly. So that match is not going to get Really shit version of Alex Dimenauer. Yes. <laughs> yes. But he's he's really good. Um, But but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, you took room. your club's thing like it was Wimbledon. <laughs> you care about it so much. That is everything. Well, I wanted to win. I like winning. You know, you it's not yeah, my you did. fault. No, you won. Nick, I'm telling you. You did it. You're going to win this year, your team, and you're yeah, going to be like, we'll oh. See. So that's what it's you're like. Nick, why did I just you want just one out. I just want You'll one. You'll get it. You'll yeah. get it. But yeah, you're right. I took it like Wimbledon. Yeah. Rothman's going to hear that and laugh because I'm sure he'll listen to this. Well, all right. With that being said, again, Jamie, Matt, on this week's mini break, talking about the City Open. We'll be back on the grind tomorrow, Friday. Uh, some cool cracked interviews coming up. I'll just preview those now. Talking to New York Empire coach Luke Jensen about the 2019 Empire season, his time at USC playing tennis, being a part of one of the greatest matches in college tennis history, the 1987 semifinals, where his undefeated USC Trojans trying to get the first national title in program history for Coach Dick Leach. Not in the program's history, but in the coach's history. Uh, they're undefeated going into that match. They lose it 5-4. Back in that day, you played singles first, then doubles. What that atmosphere was like, just a special moment. Maybe even you'll listen to that one, Nick, because seriously, this is one of our most fun conversations with anyone from the World Team Tennis <laughs> Universe. Um, but yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Again, the Great Shot Pods, Next Gen, Top 10 Seasons, WTA, ATP in 2019, Rothman and Zemeck. Like, great subscribe review. Tell us your list. We want to hear from you. We, I let one fan on the show. I'm willing to do it again. <laughs> okay. We'll see how this one... It seemed to go pretty well. That was good. Not too big of edits, so yeah. always... Uh, 
appreciate that. And yeah, be on the lookout for that. All of those things. The website, crackrackets.com, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Nick, any final thoughts? Any yeah, any, any comments, criticisms yeah. on the podcast? The last thing I'd like to challenge the Thienemans in a match <laughs> of doubles. Ooh, good final question. Gruskin, Thienemans right now. Dude. So Jackson doesn't count because he does four of So it's me, you... And well, I mean, Eric, okay, Presley by himself is, is like so better good. than all. And here's the thing: Parker's also pretty good. He's too. like a three star, right? And Dalton sucks, <laughs> but he doesn't suck as bad as Eric. Like, Dalton, <laughs> no, they sucks, definitely have, but us. he's competent. No, but here's the thing: Dalton sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, like in doubles, we could pick on him because like everything's short. But Presley's so is he committed good. to Northwestern? But you beat Cooksey. Look. I'm telling you, we so have him on a double score. We're poaching left me, and right. They're single players so out there. Me and you versus Dalton and Preston. That's what I was going to say. That's probably the most fair match because Parker's pretty good. Like, Parker, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have anyone to pick up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. But, like, Dalton sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be a very fun match. But, all right, we will definitely do that in the future. I also cannot end without giving a shout out to our super producers, Max Lingner and Daniel Westoff. We'll have a fucking editing job to do as always. And, can, you know, speaking of future, there would be no Cracked Records future without the excellent work they continue to do. Uh, but with that being said, again, a huge shout out to my little brother Nicholas for finally taking the time to join me, Nicholas. Thank you for pleasure. finally letting me on. Yeah, and look, I, if people like it, I'm willing to have you back. <laughs> so if you're in favor of the Nicholas Alex pod, um, we'll get him more versed on it. I mean, the Opelka, when he's like, I think Opelka could be better than Isner, that's the only part where I was like, yeah, like that's okay. That's not a hot take. Well, I don't know. I don't, I just, you don't listen to the pod. listen to your podcast. I don't know. My takes are fresh. Yeah, you get enough of me every day. I guess that's fair. And I haven't told you, but this podcast, the mini break to explain the theme, we ended because we wanted a good catchphrase to end it. So it's that's the break is how we end it. So just, you know, that's going to come from you. But one last time. For our super producers, Max Flinger, Daniel Westoff, from our entire team at Cracked Rackets, and for our wonderful fill-in guest host and my little brother, Nicholas Gruskin, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Nicholas, what do we tell our listeners? That's the break. (laughs) Thank you for doing this, and listeners, we will see you all tomorrow.